or not you guys aren't going to do your your regular like giggle and stuff when the recording starts we don't giggle we're so serious oh no that no i'm sorry that's just when i open my mouth (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean jason (laughs) unbelievable did you you guys uh see the post that um i know we haven't been like bashing the podcast which will not be named off the cut podcast available on all streaming platforms but they did a post it was a, a clip from one of their recent things and they're changing their tiers i don't know if this is a real thing because i actually went to patreon to check it they're is changing real. it is <laughs> yeah i looked okay. at, i looked yes it is real so what the first tier on patreon is now like the green suitors uh, the green suitors that's the first tier the yeah. second no. tier yes the it's second Jason, tier is the vent, the vent. <laughs> The third tier is the Fulton and Sedge. You will be very happy to know that they gave you the highest tier, which just shows. Oh, there's in there one more. I think poor judgment and why their podcast is so hey, terrible. Hey, I listen to Joe Rogan and then off the cut, but nowadays I'm strained to off the cut before Joe Rogan because they're those guys are fantastic. <laughs> you should become so a patron good. on theirs as well as ours. Yeah. No, don't become a patron of theirs. They don't even do they don't even do giveaways for for people. I think there was one more level after Sedge. It was like the green tuxedo or something like that. <laughs> oh, I I need to look. Did they really? Yeah. You know, it, it's funny because their 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 Patreon numbers are they're lacking. I mean, for for a podcast that's done as many episodes as them, I mean, it's kind of laughable to be honest with you. So whatever they can do to get more people they have to use green suitor stuff because it's the most popular thing on the internet probably right now. Yes. So when people type it in, it's going to come up. It's the best food podcast on the, on Spotify. Yeah. It's going to be on food network. I heard too. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of giveaways, you like that segue? Damn. You are so smooth. This is episode yeah. one Oh nine. I think you're finally getting it, it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, this month said, I don't say on the one Oh nine, you get it. No, yeah. Wait, yeah. Said you you missed an episode for travel, then you were on one, then you missed one, and now you're back. But Jonathan Katz Moses, I think you were on here when I talked about it. He's doing a KM Tools is giving away two one hundred dollar gift cards oh. to two of our lucky patrons. So Jonathan, Mister Moses, thanks Jonathan, thank you, thank you so much. I know that yeah. you uh, were just with him and he was stealing things out of your pouch, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, oh my god, um, I had no clue. Well, <laughs> god, I almost it texted you. We'll, as... we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it. I almost that texted you when I when I saw so it. So damn funny. Um, hey, if you if you were building something, he wouldn't have gotten away with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me let let's get into what we've been up to, right? Um, I'll go first, and then let's just kind of dive into what I guess the topic realistically will probably end up being, which is what you guys did, and I think we oh can what branch... we've been up to. Okay. Yeah. I think I think we can branch out on that around the idea of the event that you went to. I think it might be cool. We went to an event? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you might have been sleeping. You may not remember any of it. I saw you in all the stories on Instagram. What? Nothing. Just Ronnie, do you know what he's talking about? <laughs> hey, in like 15, 20 years, 30 years, we'll be like, sis, you went to an event. He'll be like, what? What? <laughs> an, an event. You went to an event. (laughs) (laughs) So 
I um starting my built or my built-in. I keep saying built-in. I'm starting my kitchen island. Got everything designed. I uh, had a great meeting with Salice about all the different hardware that I will need. They're going to be providing all the hardware for this build, which is really cool. Um, I've already gotten some people asking me questions like, "What? Why Salice and not Bloom?" It's, I have absolutely nothing against Bloom, and I have absolutely nothing against Salice. It's just an opportunity to use other products and make video content around those, much like I did with Bloom. So, even though it, the process is probably going to be almost identical, um. So that's exciting. Um, I got nice. my, I got an account set up with a local supplier called Etna Building Solutions, which we we're talking about a little bit in the pre-show. Um, I'll be placing my order officially with them, uh, probably tonight. More realistically, first thing tomorrow morning. Uh, they got maybe good prices. I, very good. Yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit. I the way I'm doing this is very might be a little over the top, right? Like, why do I need Baltic Birch to build my kitchen island? It's not, I don't need that, right? I could use other, it's not even going to be visible. There's one reason, two reasons. One, I absolutely love stability of Baltic Birch, period. It's just, it's just great to work with. It has a much thicker veneer. You don't have to worry about burning through it. More importantly, I can get it in five by five sheets, which is what my sliding table saw is made for. So because of that, I can cut all my pieces and panels and everything on the new slider, and I'm excited about that. So um, they have Baltic Birch and 4x8, 5x5, every single thickness you know that you could possibly need in all different grades. I mean, you can get super high-grade Baltic Birch. You can get you know what they would consider C-grade. It's, it's graded differently with Baltic Birch, but... Um, you know, depending on what it is that you're using. So I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the cabinet carcasses with it and I'm going to do the, the drawer boxes with it. Now, the, the thing about this is like, I'm, because I have built, established an account with them, I'm able to get it at prices that are less than what I would pay for the other plywood that I typically use from, you know, uh, Northwest, what is it? Northwest lumber, Northwest lumber. Right. So it's like, <clears throat> why would I now don't get me wrong. I could use that other plywood. I could probably use double-sided, uh, you know, pre-finished maple and get it for, you know, 50 bucks a sheet. Who, who knows? Cause the Baltic birch is 73. Um, so that's why I'm, you know, going for it now for all of the doors and drawer fronts, I'm actually going to be using Riffs on three quarter inch riffs on white oak book matched panels, sequence matched as well between the panels, as, as far as I know. And it's MDF core because I want all of my panels to be perfectly flat and straight. And that is what I'm using. And they're going to match each other. So, you mean it's going to be like a waterfall? I will do continuous grain for the drawer fronts. Absolutely. Um, but like the doors on the back, if the two sheets of plywood are identical, I'm going to take, uh, you know, a bottom portion. I'm going to cut two doors side by side. That'll yep. be the two doors on the left. I'm going to do the same thing on the other sheet. So when you look at it, it'll be a perfect match between the two. And then on the front, um, I have two banks of drawers. 
those will be off of one sheet and they'll literally just, yep, go straight up the perfect grain. And -hmm. then with the other sheet, I'll use, uh, it's going to be a pullout trash can. So it's going to be one solid panel. And I'll just make sure that I pull grain that I pulled for the drawer fronts Mm-hmm. centered you know and then that'll be the the panel so overall i think it's going to look real real sharp and that was those sheets are 173 dollars what's, what's the countertop gonna be uh granite and what's the doing, size of it what's the size of the top it's going to be 40 i think now it's going to be 42 by 72 Ooh. big nice are you going to have yeah. an area that you could sit at no, we're not doing that. Um, I did have some people ask, like, you know, make sure you leave overhang for sitting, but we don't want to necessarily sit at it. Initially, yes. I was kind of like, I want to, but we don't want additional overhang because the whole reason we're doing this is one, we want a bigger kitchen island and we want to kind of give like an even spacing around the island. I'm going to yeah. have about 38 to 38 inches or so from the island to the kitchen sink, 38 inches from the island to the stove, and then 38 inches from the wall that the pantry is on to the island. So it's going to be like a really nice balanced, you know, mm-hmm. more than enough space for us to to move around. Um, but we want to bring it out more into where that dining or that uh, little breakfast table yes. is. Yep. That yep. breakfast table is getting shifted to the wall. Got it. That's That was what I was wondering. You're probably going to save that. And you'll probably be build a bench or something like that. Yes. You know, yeah, we're building that, a bench. Has the something. has the door as the back door come in? Uh it's supposed to be here on the twentieth uh today. Today or tomorrow. Cool. Because that's a it, big difference. I know it'll change the look, but I don't you know, it only takes like ten inches. Ten inches of overhang is like plenty for a seating area. A lot of times people think it's a lot more than that. We have ten inches on ours and I've never wanted more. That's all. So it's uh, our our island's about uh well, seven by seven by like thirty six forty range about the same size. I can't yeah. imagine not sitting there, and that's where like the kids sit all the time. And like when Kelly's doing things, it's like because they're so it's something to consider. We don't have the space to. We don't have the space to give up for that additional ten inches of overhang. I got you. That's you'll lose problem. you'll lose cabinet space by doing the overhang. I see. Correct. Now, yeah. we could do overhang on the end. End. Yeah, that would um, be. Yep. It's going to make that the granite a, more expensive. Some, granite's granite's granite, expensive. It's hey, you know, it used to be That's a lot all. more. <laughs> what is the square foot right now on granite? Uh, I don't know. Well, the the numbers that I came up with, I got estimates from two places, and mm-hmm. one of them it was two hundred dollars a square foot. Oh wow! That's wait. No, that's way too high. Uh, yeah. The last I heard, sixty five seventy was like well, the highest. W- what I'm what I'm wondering why the price was so high is because I think I'm getting charged for the entire sheet of granite, mm-hmm. whether I use it or not. Right, you can get remnants the size you're needing. I need to ask them about that then, because it yeah. was. I mean, it was. Or a lot. you could you could get two remnants and pour a river in between it. Yeah, call it epoxy. That's something that off the cut call would do. A- yeah. A river island, river yeah. granite island. You, you could go. actually call your whole island Granite Island. Yes, Granite Island <laughs> or Granite City. That's a good brewery in town. <laughs> you know, um, any the that's actually extremely high. That 
when we built mm-hmm. our house, it was $75 a square foot. And I watched the cost go down over the years. And I was like, wow, it was like, it went down to 2030, like maybe before COVID. I haven't checked it since, but it, it never went back up. It's because there's so many people in the business. They drove the cost down. Everybody was getting into the granite business. So well, it's also, it depends is, on where you I live. Got, you know? I got two different estimates from two different companies on the same exact product, actually. And, um, one of them was even more expensive. One of them was they wanted like thirty nine hundred dollars, and I mean, there's crap. no there's no cutouts, yeah. there's no nothing. So, um, that's something I'm still working on. The girl I'm dealing with now, they have an office in Brownsburg, and she was really nice. And while I was there, I remember her saying something to me about like, you know, well, you're get you will ha- end up paying for like whatever the offcuts are because like we have to cut it, we have to cut it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What what happens to that other stuff? Are you guys keeping it? Because if you're keeping it now, you can sell that as a remnant and you're making double the money. So like that, I'm not okay with. But Mm. if I'm having multiple companies give me the same estimate, it's almost like I have to be getting charged a full sheet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, uh, is this the same sister company as your window company? Hmm. (laughs) It's actually the exact same remodeling company. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'd call that sub, dude. Hey, something yeah. else to consider. Have you all looked at quartz? Have you considered quartz? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're solid on granite. Like we're okay. we're definitely yeah, we're definitely doing and uh, I'm the reason why I ask you is because I know I it seems like to me that everyone's changing towards quartz and I don't know why yet. I haven't looked at it. See, I've it. I've heard the opposite. Yeah, I not I've I've seen that trend for it's been going on for like three years. Most of the time when I think like if someone wants marble it makes more sense to look go to quartz because marble has so many um, negatives as using as a countertop. Mm-hmm. It can stain. It's soft. Mm-hmm. Um, quartz as marble that looks just like marble is much more durable, much more uh, user friendly. Than granite? Oh, yes. Granite's oh, yeah. engineered from everything no, I've granite, done. Granite, no, granite's quartz not is engineered. In, it's natural. Quartz is engineered. Oh, maybe yeah. it's quartz. Maybe it's quartz yeah. that I was getting. Yeah, granite's cut Hold from rock. Second. It's basically a. It's basically. It's funny, Kelly. We've had the same island for it's 19 quartz. Years. Yeah, but Kelly always puts a hot plate down before she sits the pot down, and I'm like, "You're you're setting it on a rock. It's not going to yeah. get hurt." <laughs> the thing, the thing with uh, you got to be careful also with granite. It's porous. Yes. So seal it. you know, I know somebody who is uh, in solid surface, and he said, "I go, what's the difference between what are the selling points of solid surface versus granite?" And he goes, we used to take a, a raw piece of chicken and leave it there, and it would seep through the granite if it's mm-hmm. not sealed. Yeah. Where there's that's yeah. why solid surface slash corian is used in all medical fields because it's yeah. non-porous. Yeah, I learned that when we first got our island, they didn't seal it, and we were they were doing Easter eggs and green food coloring got on and it soaked right into it. And yeah. then we learned about there's a pumice powder you can get. You put it on top of there and you put saran wrap and you wet it and you let it set overnight. Yeah. And it's more porous than the granite. It'll suck the color back out the other way. It worked. And no then shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then I sealed it after that. And it's only been sealed once in 19 years. It yeah. it lasts forever. It's just a water that goes on there. Yep. But now when they they install granite, it seems like they 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 seal it for people, but they used to not mm. do that. They just mm. you're on your own to find out. Yeah. So you, I just verified it's it's not granite. It is quartz. Quartz right. is what we. Yeah. Is that what you're looking it's, at? Quartz. 
That's quartz what we got, what we got the estimate on. Yes. Okay. That not, makes sense. Not granite. I was looking yeah, at granite. Yeah, because that sounded under... high for granite because quartz is higher than granite now, yeah. right now, from what I've checked. But um, granite used to be as high as $75 a square foot. And last I've heard, I mean, even like Home Depot pricing is like $25, $30 a square foot. And it's went way down. Um, wow. But quartz, like marble quartz is like in high demand right now. And that's what a lot of the houses. And then there's another product called Cambria. Yeah. What is um, that? Cambria is a version of quartz. And I know the closest to us is uh, Louisville. It's like an hour away. But when I was doing the um, a, a corporate boardroom project, that's what they use for all the side window ledges and the mm. conference um, serving tables. And it looked like it looked like marble with a little bit of speckles of kind of almost like glittery in it. And I was asking what kind of stone it was. And that's Cambria. And I think it's a version of quartz. Yeah. But um cool. yeah, I, I would lean that way. We're we're wanting to change ours out and we were leaning towards the quartz route as yeah, well. I don't, just from talking. I don't know why I was thinking granite. It's absolutely one hundred percent quartz. It, the one that we okay. like is from a company called Wilson Art. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're and good. it's like you're a, it's a dark, it's like a black, um mm -hmm. very, very, very minimal veining. That's what Nicole wanted. Mm -hmm. Um so I think that on top of the white oak is gonna look really sharp. And then yes. our ugly or ugly orange oak cabinets in the background until I redo the kitchen will, will be really nice compliment. They're beautiful. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Oh, love those things. Paint. A little bit of paint. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a question. Thingy. Is there, have you, did you get into doing a lot of uh, like MDF doors, Sedge? When you were doing your cabinets? Okay. I, no, I didn't. I, well, I, I had a couple mdf jobs and i love dead flat i just didn't i never did any of the i used mdf core let's just put it that way yeah okay prime it sometimes you know and spray it the one thing i did use mdf is i'd have uh panels laid up with certain veneers for desktops that is because i want dead flat and i did right. a couple of big desks for people with mdf now edge uh, core core Edge banding yeah. MDF core with the Contouro. Is there any additional steps that I should consider? And I'm asking because of how MDF is prone to su uh, sucking up, you know, a lot I would of the do, glue. And I would go a couple clicks on the glue up. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'd, Just and add I would do more glue. Add more glue, but I'd and and I do a test piece to check the porosity of the the MDF use. And yeah, okay, that's all. But I would go at least two clicks over the middle up. Yeah. So I'm just I'm gonna burn through more the, glue, but it's gonna the, make sure I have plenty. The ones that I say, hey, do two, three, four clicks is when you get that sh that inferior particle board melamine, where you know you can look at the core and it's horrible. It's right. got holes in it. That's when you need a lot of glue. Would it be the benefit to spray it on the side or coat it first? I, I so guess just I was, test it, test it first and see. I was thinking it. you could, you could take shellac and just like hit it real quick, but you'd have to be real careful not to, to get it face, on the veneer. Your face went, will be finished, won't it? Yeah. yeah so I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't dick with it. I would no. just do a couple clicks up. Well, I think let's think about that glue and how it sticks to your finger. You can't get it off. <laughs> I think you'll right. probably be okay. It dries <laughs> so amazing. quickly. That it, That's why I instant. think it's going to be fine. It it's dries so fast that it's not going to have a really big opportunity well, 
to soak into the MDF. Well, right. Not right. quite, not quite instantaneous because there's been times I've touched it at the end. I went, well, hello oh, there. Yeah. But it's right. too late. <laughs> you might as well just let it stay on there. because And, and boy, it you... does stick to your skin it's... and pulls the skin off. It's when I reach up and try to finish one that didn't quite yep. touch, and I reach yep. up and I hit it real quick, and you hit yep. the back of it, and you move finger. it a little. Yeah, yeah, but it works. You have about one second to adjust it, and it's done. But yeah, I think it God. would stick fine. I love that machine. I do too. Yeah. Hey, really quick question before we continue, Ronnie, is it getting chilly down in Kentucky? I think so. That's funny. We're talking, we talk all the time about regional differences. Um, we were home and Kelly was like, it's nice outside today. It's nice outside today. I just came from Austin and Vegas. So it's nice outside today. I walked outside and I was like, what? It's like, it's cold outside. Yeah. She's like, no, it's not. It's nice. It was like 58, 60, you know, yeah. and she was like, it's been colder. So it's funny how, how quickly your mind changes or what's nice outside. So yeah. I went in and got a hoodie and a jacket <laughs> it went back outside i uh, but, um today the past two days have been 77 but like 50 in the morning yeah it's it was 36 this morning at six o'clock on my walk run oh i was wow. like whoa we I had a little to get some sweatpants yeah, yeah it's 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 time though we're late and, on getting usually it should be cooler and in the afternoon it was freaking gorgeous out oh, yes. a cloud in the yeah. sky it was yeah, beautiful same here same here. It was nice. I'm, yeah. I'm doing outside work right now, and it's been really nice. I'm trying to yeah. appreciate that while I still can. Yeah. October is my favorite uh, month here in Indiana. I just love it. It's a good month. Mm. Yeah. all the yeah. It's amazing how much the leaves have changed since I left last week. It came Ooh. back, and trees are like bright red that were not when I left. Speaking yeah. of leaving last week, I want to hear all about your guys's great adventure that you went on without me and it looked like you guys had so much fun without me please it was okay about it. ronnie your turn said you go, you go for it because you got down there before i did okay it was okay ronnie your turn <laughs> okay yeah it was all right okay <laughs> <laughs> so jason we discussed this down there and we were like i don't know if we could keep a straight face <laughs> we'll just say yeah it was good no you saw we the story were la- we yeah, it, was, were it was cool it was all right it was okay it's cool okay so i got a question for ronnie are you still tired from that yes i'm so tired i am freaking exhausted every day started with me at 6 30 getting people to us the school of furniture and then i didn't get back i didn't hit the sack sometimes till 11 at night most of the night and it was a straight day exhausting and then the two days prior i was prepping and doing an inlay with uh, at rubio headquarters with shapa and 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 that was 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. oh my god it's start- and so god i wasn't here with you guys last week so it started where on Friday, I walk in and uh, to Festool uh, the day uh, that Friday, and I said, "Hey, I want to check on the freight because Rick had called me, and he had sent it out the week before, and it was supposed to hit Rubio at the beginning of the week." And Keith texted me on Wednesday and said, "I haven't seen any freight." And I went, "You got to be kidding me!" So Rick and I were on the phone. Rick was out of town on Friday, so I walk in on Friday and I go, um, 
can you guys check on this that shipped uh, a week and a half ago? They said, oh, yeah, it's down in uh, it's on in Austin. It's been there for uh, five days at the freight company. It was that crazy. That um, wasn't being delivered. I had to do an emergency pickup with another freight company to get it out. to. So that was my Friday. It was ridiculous. So, yeah, it was it was an amazing week. We had some ambitious pro, uh, projects. Uh, we held, uh, It was hosted at Austin School of Furniture. So we had to schlep all the tools out <laughs> to, from Rubio there and back. But if he's How listening, how far away was it? About uh, thirty-five minutes. Okay. Um, if he's listening, I'd like to thank Austin Waldo and Philip Morley because they're the guys who run Austin School of Furniture, as well as Kevin from Texas Toolcraft, who's a dealer. And that guy's amazing. He helped me out tremendously to the point where I am still. 100% exhausted. Ronnie, I didn't know if you noticed that last night we were out and about. I hit a wall about 10 o'clock at night. Somebody came up to me and said, hey, Sedge, you know, we're out having a couple of pops and some pizza. And they go, hey, Sedge, I got a question for you. And I went, I could not answer. Literally, my brain was shut down. I hit a wall. So I went back and I sat down next to Lucy. And she goes, are you okay? And then somebody started talking to me, and I got up from the table and went and wandered around the brewery. I had just tapped out. and oh. It, it but, happened to me as well. At When we went to the last night, we went to the brewery that was outside. Yep. Um, we waited for our food forever. There was like a food truck situation, and yep. we could pick between tacos or pizza, and it didn't look, It ended up being, I don't think it mattered what you picked. You waited, you waited probably like an hour maybe for our mm-hmm. food. And that waiting, standing there, I think it finished me off, and I was just dead tired. Um, we went back, and it was like hangout time at the hotel, and I we stood there. I talked to Lucy. You went to upstairs, and I think I was right behind you. And yep. It was at like maybe eleven thirty or twelve. Um, you know, you're talking about hitting a wall. Something that makes me feel better is Cameron was with us. It affects somebody who's sixteen the same way it does us. He didn't make it past both nights. He was asleep faster than I was. Came back to the mm. room. Just out, like it wears you out mentally, wears you out. So, the event was fantastic. Uh, they built two beautiful pieces of furniture, but my favorite piece was uh, Evan was on one team from Evan's workshop, and Cam, of course, we all know Cam. Uh, and uh, off the cuff, Alan came up to me and said, Hey, I'm gonna have these guys build something out of scrap. I go, Okay, so he announced that at lunch. It kind of, he kind of threw him a, uh, you know, um, uh, it was cool. He kind of threw him into a loop. So halfway through the first day, they started at lunch with all the scrap lumber that was, uh, and they built an amazing box. Those two guys, uh, Evans 15 and Camp 16, they were my heroes, man. They did an unbelievable job, built a beautiful little box, right? It was, a, it was it was really great, and I, that's being is that being auctioned off on the site? I think so. Yes, yeah, it's the third item. So there's plans for it also. So it's it's so, the third item. The nice thing is it was really cool to see and meet some people I had never met before, and I'm going to call them out. Chandler, you are a workhorse, and you know uh, Jason Becca from Southern Pine. Mm-hmm. 
her and Chandler were uh, tasked with this one project for uh, the Lighthouse Boston build, and it was quite ambitious. They were the they were in the last throws there till I think one o'clock on the second day, but they made it happen. And Becca and Chandler had to do these really cool organic legs, and they started from the shaper to the bandsaw to shaping them with hand tools to sanding. And they were, both of them were workhorses. And I, I was so impressed. And then I get, I met so many other people. Oh, it was wonderful. Larry from Reeves Woodworking and Michael and uh, Omar. <laughs> we had Omar. Omar. And cool. you know what? It was just really nice. And there was some people there that go, oh, guys, we love the Green Suiters podcast. Mm. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah, so, that was cool. Yeah, they said the only thing is, is uh, could you step it up to meet uh, off the cut? And I said we'll work on it. Yeah, it's probably never going to happen though. So it was an incredibly long week. Um, we thought about you quite often, Jason. We wish you had been there. Um, we were just upset. I wish I had been there too. You you had declined the invite, and we were just really disappointed you had. So it was. <laughs> Look, hey, there's that be smile. glad. <laughs> Be glad because you'd have worked your butt off. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! But there was, was nice. no one there that was not working their butt. Off, really, depending oh. on, not even people on the teams. Everybody, even the people that were there that were offside, everybody was doing something the whole time. Yeah, it was cool. So, what did you do, uh, Ronnie? Well, it just you know everything that you you were there before me and had to you did a lot just to be ready for us to uh, to show up. Um. So that's, uh, I mainly, my job was kind of just to be, to be there, you know, to support Cameron. And, um, it's uh, funny. I took, I took my laptop, which is a joke. I, I'm never going to do that again. I like, I always have these things that I'm like, I'll get some stuff done. No, never do any I mean, of it. Yeah. I didn't I'm even open way. it. I'm like, why did I take, he took his laptop and I took mine. It's like, why, why? So that's just a side note reflection. I'm not taking my laptop anymore. Not doing it. Um, but I feel like I was filling the gaps of things that just where I could help. And there was yep. plenty of places to help. It was really cool to help people when they weren't familiar with the fest tool tool. Um, Cameron said the same thing. He was able yep. to help some people and he was like, it's really neat to see somebody's like eyes light up when they see how something's done on like the router or the capex and they know how it's done on their tool. And they were like, what? Wow. That was really cool. Um, it also opened my eyes that everybody is not on the festival system. You know, some people have their ways of doing things. And even though it was a faster way, they're stuck on their way of doing it. That would, it opened my eyes to that as well. Yeah, even some when people do it fest- wrong. Well, I mean, even when they're festival <laughs> owners, kidding. they own the festival product and they don't realize what, you know, it's capable of. I saw that. So Roddy, something you and I discussed there that we were so amazed at. What was it? Do you know? Your son taking the lead in oh, certain areas. That, that I was did. so proud and impressed. Yeah. Man, yeah, that was cool. You were like, was cool. you were like coming up to me. Look, look at him. Look yeah, at him. he. Um, Cameron. When they stood around the table, uh, are we were the team? I'll say Cameron. I'm on his team. I guess we were the team of no plan. There was a team of plan that had seven Zoom meetings before this event. They had seven Zoom meetings. Our team didn't have any. Um, so it, it, and it was interesting. And I think it's kind of a cool thing as a reflection item for all the people who plan the festival reveal event to look and see, this is what happens when you 
do have a lot of pre-planning and when you don't. And I think there's pluses and minuses of both. Like I see a plus and minus. I almost think that if there's pre-planning, it almost needs to be limited. Almost like they only have a certain amount of time mm -hmm. because the more time you have to plan, the more complex the project Ooh. becomes. That's clear. But yeah, ours started out. We showed he showed us what, what was going to be built, and I'm just standing back there, and he's like, "Who wants to take care of milling this raw lumber?" Cameron's like, "Me." Stood right up there. <laughs> he took charge and just like had two guys working with him, and they just went to town. And he jumped off from that to dimensioning. He was on the capex. He was on everything. And I think what was genius of Alan thinking of that at lunch was that was right at the point where normally you start thinking about applying Rubio, you're doing sanding people in the group kind of start falling off because there's not as much to do. That's when he gave Evan and Cameron that task of coming up with that project. And they had to do that in basically a half of that day and be done by lunch the next day. So they even started early the next day just to get it done in time, but they, they incorporated a lot of complex things and they loved it because it allowed them to do something just them fully without having to, you know, stand back for other people to do. They were able to just, just them and they worked great together. Very little talking between them. They both knew what each other was doing. That's Cameron great. loved it. He even looked at me at one point. He goes, dad, I'm so used to working in the shop with idiots at shop class at, at school. He's like this guy. And he said, I don't mean he's he even told me, he's like, I don't know they're not idiots, but they just don't know what they're doing. He's like, Evan knows what he's doing. It's so cool. He's like, we're able to just run with it. So it was a great experience for him. And I think he also liked being treated like an adult for the first time. Yes in a shop. Yes. I think that was a, that was another and thing. Both of them are exemplary, uh, young men and they are going to be, and they're on the way to becoming phenomenal craftsmen for it, sure. It was... They just, the passion and those two guys made my whole time down there worth it. It was cool for to sure. watch. It was really cool and, to watch it go down. And Ronnie was also my, my festool police down there with me. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> Ronnie goes, Sedge, Sedge, come over here. Check this out. Okay. It was, yeah, that was fun. So, yeah, we were, yeah, we were seemed, noticing some things. Like everybody was having a good time, which is important as well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was, but, it is, it is a stressful time though. And I think sometimes people may view it, especially seeing the stories and think it's all fun, you know, in game, but it is an intense, you feel the pressure the entire time that that build has to be for the most part done the first day so yep. you can apply finish and be ready for final pictures group picture all that has to be done middle of the day and everybody just scatters like it usually it's 12 o'clock this time it was like the, the other project went to like 1 30 closer to two yep. and then all of a sudden you turn around and some people don't even have time to say bye they're just gone because yep. they have to get flights and it just dissipates as fast as it comes but yeah it's an it I, I, looking back at it, I would. I don't think this event mm -hmm. could be any longer than a day and a half because it's mm -hmm. so brain intensive. I don't think a human brain could handle it because yeah. it it wipes I, you out. I think so. I've uh, you did you did well. Shit, Ronnie, you and I have both done the Rubio one and the festival one, right? I think two days would be a better number. And the reason I say that is because you don't run into that scarcity of like getting a flight. And I would just have the flights booked for the following morning. And I know that that's like one more night away from home, but you're talking, if you're getting on a plane it, at six o'clock versus six in the next morning, you're talking. Yeah. I, I regret not two, one more night. I regret. It's too mm -hmm. much, especially if you start that second day of the build off, like I did at six 30, because people had to be there at seven. 
right? And then you rush, rush, rush to get it done. And then you head to the airport and flights to Indianapolis are not fun. You always have a bump. I got in it. I finally made it in my front door at 2.30 in the morning. That's, that's exhausting. Why, I mean, that's why I think personally that it would make more sense to have a flight out the next morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I also would. think no, that I it also should think be that way. Take, I also think it would take the stress off mm-hmm. of the event. So some of that mm-hmm. stress that, cause I know exactly what you're talking about when we did the, I think we built a, like a really cool sliding door credenza, right? I mean, it seems like all of these things, they build a lot of the same stuff, easy things that can be done really quick. Um, that's not to take away from, cause I thought they both look fantastic. Um, but you only have so much time. The other, so I think two days, like people wouldn't be so stressed to like, I've got to get to this point today to get the finish Mm -hmm. on by this time. And then, Mm -hmm. oh crap, I've got to go get on a plane. Sorry, I don't get to say goodbye to you. Like you could do a whole second day. We're we're done at five. If you're done, you're done. You know, maybe they start chomping the bit and then you go to dinner and you enjoy one more evening and the next morning you leave. Um, But I wanted to ask a question now that, you know, Ronnie, you, you went through one. Did you go to the first Rubio one? No, he went to the last one uh, last year. Okay. Down in Austin. I think I went to the second one and yep. it was at Rubio. And there then was one we, at Festool. We, and we, we both did the one at Festool. So here's my opinion the one at Festool of those two was way better set up in terms of tooling, space, and uh, layout. Right. Because it, it's not, it wasn't done in the warehouse. That's not taking anything away from Rubio Monocote. But when I went to the Rubio one, you know, they had said, you remember back then they had very limited tools. The table saw that they had, had a freaking fence on it. That was extremely dangerous. I was terrified to cut anything with it. Everybody was. Um, so it really limited like what you could and couldn't do. So now that you guys got to go to Austin school of furniture. And from what I saw, you guys had free reign over any of the stuff that was inside of the school. I think the caliber of the projects on this was better than most of the others that I have seen. And do you think that had something to do with it? Sid just thinking right now. Sid just thinking about how much do I want to say? (laughs) Well, like the access to the tooling, right? You know, so I'll say first, like what my thoughts are on that is I look at it as it's a Festool Rubio event, okay? And I immediately, right out of the gate, thought, there's a lot of tools in here that are uh, another way of doing things. So I'll give a perfect example. As soon as they grabbed the material, they started joining some rough oak that I could stick my finger when they were joining the end, the edge grant. I could stick my finger in the curve of it, and they were sending it through a joiner. How many passes is that? 50 it was you know and, that that's yeah, how many i stepped saw. in i said hey i said why don't you just use a track saw you could do it i could never get through this two inch in one you know eight quarter in it, one pass it, and i was like it was yes it can and it's because of that joiner back there that it threw off that learning experience of saying wait and that's the purpose of the event to me the purpose is like look at what rubio can do to your project look at what the festival system can do to your build and I think by having those there, it made people use their old tried and true methods, which also work, but it didn't let them be as and, immediately as exposed to what the advantage of the festival way of doing it. That's, and I understand, that was my thoughts. 
I understand the table saw and everything, but my biggest concern during the whole thing was when people hit those machines, there was a lot of people who think they know how to use machinery. That uh, Ronnie and I, Ronnie kept cringing with me, people running on the ta- saw stops. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. And I, and it, I had it, to walk it, away. They they went through the path of least resistance. And the, or what they were they most familiar with. What they thought yeah. was. And even you just called it out. Even Cameron said, why aren't they using a track saw just to straight edge that, then bring it to the table saw? Mm-hmm. And and realizing <clears throat> in the tough situation, the other the other thing that I thought about over the weekend was people. It was all raw lumber. We usually have you know a slab and some already surfaced lumber there, so it was all raw lumber, and everybody had to mill the lumber. And there's a lot of novices there. You know, there's some. There were different levels, I would say, and it's not if but it's when someone's going to get hurt. And it was, and it's that feeling in the beginning, like uh, it's like guys, grocery games, everybody runs out there and gets everything going. Right. Mm -hmm. And boy, there was a lot of sloppy stuff done on that machine. So give give you an example. There was, there was, um, there was things going through this table saw that had not been face joined that they were, you know, capable of rocking that they were ripping and, I've never even thought of that as an option because I know that it can rock and it'll it'll bind, oh. you know. Um, but that's another example of why use the track saw. You don't even need to worry about that. You know, you, it would have, you, you know. You shouldn't walk around in the shop waiting to hear someone get hurt. It, you, I was just cringing that whole first morning. Someone's going to get hurt. And just seeing some of the... And I'm not taken away from anybody. It, it almost, I don't like that feeling of being rushed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am looking back when you bring in, you compare the, the festival event when it was ran at festival with all festival equipment and not the, not didn't have the ability to run like some of the other tools that were in the, the furniture um, shop. I think it's more controlled and you have less chance of danger. You know, mm-hmm. that's going on. And, you know, little some things are hard to be avoided. You know, how you're not supposed to stand behind a table. So when you have 20 people in a, in a shop, it's almost impossible to not have somebody walking behind was, you while you're ripping a, a table saw. Did you There's see I two. was constantly I felt like yeah. I was constantly moving people away from the hit zone. And I kept saying that person just keeps getting in the way. So I left mm-hmm. them and I was waiting for something to shoot. There, there was times when people were leaving stuff between the mm-hmm. fence and the blade and i'm like oh and i would just yeah. cringe yeah um the the way that the salt the tables i mean the shop setup is the way it should be you know it's the table saw is central in the shop and it's cool they have two back to back you know face to face so they share the opposite out feed because you never use that far right hand side but the disadvantage of that when you have 20 people in the room somebody's on the shooting side the whole time on both sides of the room so it just it was hard with a lot of people um there was a lot of time spent milling the first half of the day and it was loud and it was dusty and there was oh. a lot of the the two um, router tables were going nonstop for those legs there was pile a foot thick of walnut shavings you know that route two router tables so going all day messy it was, yeah it was messy there was a lot going on um i do think so, though to your point it was nice having it in a full-fledged shop but you lose control real quick of what's going on that's probably I, I the can, drawback. 
I can totally see that. I would say that it definitely made a difference in the quality of what people were able to create in a short time. Not saying you couldn't do that, but certain things take longer in some cases if you don't have the tool that is specifically designed for that, right? So, um, or maybe you have to be a little bit more careful because of what it is. But the, the more scary part is, and I saw this when we were at both events, um, that that's sometimes I think a problem with personas on social media. What I mean by that is when you put people in a room together and now you're forced to be using these things in front of other people, not just by yourself in your shop, Correct. When you can, when you can control when you turn the camera on, when you don't, um, Correct. what you want to film and what you don't want to film or what you're comfortable doing, and what you're not comfortable doing. You put everybody in a room together and that comes real quick. It comes out real fast who is comfortable and who is not. And that's fine. But I almost feel like that feeling internally that somebody would feel, I, I wouldn't feel that way, right? Like if I'm not comfortable doing something, I'm just going to be like, I'm not going to do this, right? Like I don't feel comfortable doing this. Who who does feel comfortable? Teach me, right? But I wouldn't go to the tool and then start doing that thing just because I feel as though I'm forced to do this in this position because I don't want people to think I don't know what I'm doing. And then bam, that's when a problem happens. Yeah, it's it. I don't, <clears throat> I remember this uh, and it came to my head while I was in there. Um, I... I had to be on hyper awareness in that shop. So if someone said, Hey, Sage, come over here and show me this. I had to be looking at the table saws, jointers. I was in cringe mode. I, I, then I'd look back and people were in the other room and no one was out there. Ronnie, you were out there almost the whole entire time, but you were taken away to different areas, you know? And it just, I, I think we got lucky that no one got yeah. hurt. You know, and it's interesting right now where you were just saying that I was thinking, I almost feel like the people who had the most experience were the ones that I was most worried about. And that's, that goes to us in our shops. You know, we're, we're yeah, probably, I see you that. know, they, there's bad habits there. There's, there's people that were, you know, and there's, we all have bad habits and, um, you know, there wasn't a time that I cringed when Evan was doing anything. I feel like Me either. taught the right way to do things. Yeah. And I, I didn't feel like I needed to watch the kid And that. I'm just now realizing that for the first time, I was probably watching our kids, the least that were in the room yes. because I felt like they are so careful at what they do. Um, I don't know. I was that, cringing the whole time. I saw this kid cam do stuff. Cause his dad is just a <laughs> wild one. Yeah. I, that, I, I did that, feel like he, I, <laughs> I know, I know cam, well enough to know what I needed to watch and what I didn't. So I did not pay as much attention to him most of the time as I did some of the others. I knew when to come over and I knew when things he wasn't as familiar with. Um, you know, he's not, he doesn't use a table saw a lot. Um, I like that it was a saw stop, but still, you know, he was, he's very careful, but he still has correct form. But, um, but I, I, it's, it, it's just interesting to watch. And when you've got that much going on, it's, it was harder to control. So you're to your point. Yes, it was awesome. You could, you had more options to do everything, but it also did not force someone to try something they never have tried before. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. They asked me today and I said, let's schedule a meeting to discuss everything that went right, whatever went, you know, different. And um, uh, it's just something I've learned over the years. I'm going to be asking for more help on this event. I needed help. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, I've talked to a few people and they said, yeah, we'll go next time. It'll be a little bit different. What's great is when it's at festival, I got all hands on deck. Mm hmm you know, and everybody's more than, you know, but it's just that, that travel uh, variable in there. That's tough. Taking people out of the mix. I, w as far as the shaper Rubio uh, inlay, we did, I, I was there two days <clears throat> extra, two and a half days extra. And uh, th they shot a little video of me sanding some of the letters to go in. It came out absolutely spectacular. Jake and uh, Russ did a fantastic job, but I didn't, I don't know if I needed to be part of that. So I have to really watch my time these days. Um, I would thought I'd be a little more involved, but I think it's going to be a good video. Uh, wow. That's tough. Think about it. You get this beautiful floor and now you're going to cut into it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Those guys are geniuses. So the other thing, okay, I got one more takeaway. So there was a little pause on the second day. People were kind of going their own way. They were doing a whatever. So uh, Jake comes up to me. He goes, hey, Sedge, those questions you had for me on the shaper, because I've been doing some content. I go, he goes, I think we got a couple of minutes. I think it was like we were waiting for the second team to come in because the, the other team had an early start. That's the one you came with me, right, Ronnie? Right. And uh, I said, hey, yeah, I got a question on snapping some grids. And I go, yeah, yeah, no problem. Next thing I know, two or three people walk up and started asking questions, and I couldn't get my questions answered. It was mm -hmm. kind of like, what a drag, man. Yeah. So it just is this never enough time to accomplish sometimes the things you want to do. So yeah, it was it was a good. I had a good time. The pieces were beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's I really tasting. liked I really liked that <laughs> console table. Yeah. The... After seeing it done. Which like I the, is that the black the, one? The black one. I didn't know what they called it. Yeah, so that's called. Yeah, you know when I saw the preliminary drawings of it, I was like, really? me too. Me and too. Then when it started coming together, I was like, you know, it does have a nice look to it. And then I questioned the black. After it went on, I was like, I don't know if he should have done that. It. But the next Loved day it. coming in, it kind of the the black backed off, and you could see shadows again. So then I liked it again. So I went I went back and forth with phases, but. It, what I what I don't like about that as a project is how much work goes into it, and most people don't appreciate how much work went into that. Yeah, no, no from one knows, raw work no one to knows that. the work. Yeah, I mean, it, <clears throat> I think some wouldn't have an appreciation. Like, it looks nice in a room. It looks awesome. But as a woodworker, you would think, oh, that's not really no big deal. You know, there was a lot to that. And the other team, oh, my gosh. I mean, for them to pull that off, they like I said, they had seven Zoom meetings. I've been involved with these type of things before. I'd never seen this before. When they walked into the room, no lie, within within five minutes, they'd already dispersed into their teams. They had already taken all the bar clamps in the room. All the 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 joiners were taken and the planers were all taken. And and our team had not even started figuring out our game plan yet. They were they were already done. I mean, they they were already there was one team tambor door. There was <laughs> There was uh, the leg legs crew. There was the flattening of the slab crew. Waterfall. Waterfall crew. I mean, they had it completely figured out, like what they were going to do. Uh, and they, I had still, a drawer, they had a drawer yeah. box crew. 
Yeah, drawer box crew. I mean, they had they didn't even show it on video. They had leather lined drawers. They had leather, dark blue in one, and like what is the gray in the other? Perfectly, yeah. like it was it was amazing. They, they were able to get. Too. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> but I mean, I was even questioning the first day. I was like, I think they might have bit off more. They could chew. I Everybody really don't know. Everybody was saying. Yeah, I really don't know if they could do it, but because they had such a well executed plan, they pulled it off. But. It's it was very and I think said your reflection meeting. I, I really think that one of the dynamics I looked at is you've got a team that really had nothing but a drawing and like a, a that rough of a plan to a team that met seven times before. And to see those dynamics, you can see their positive and negatives from each thing. I I think it made their having all those meetings made their task list a thousand then, times more. And then I have to look at it and say, hey. What was in it for Festool? What was in it for Rubio? What was in it for Shaper? Right, right. And did we, you know, there's there's that whole um brand value. brand value. Yeah, I don't like yeah. to use marketing too much, you know, but it's brand value. What was their value for the brand? Yeah, and that's uh, I, that's the conversation I'll have with Rick and Angela I, this week. Yeah, what I think that it's missing, and I will say this from Shaper, Rubio, and Festool. Oh, I already know one, what it was. One of the best things about when you take a Festool class is that you go in there with only Festool tools. And I remember as plain as day looking around and going, "They don't have a table saw in here. They don't. What, how are we going to build? How are we going to build this thing we're supposed to build? We don't even have that." And then Sedge rolls out, puts you in your stations, and says, "You don't need that." You know, you don't need that. You don't need that joiner. We're going to use this. You don't need that. And I'm like, really? And he showed me and he's right. But there's not enough opportunities to teach on that. That's we what, almost didn't have time to go over Rubio. We almost yeah, didn't. That's, and that was that was the first time I saw that. I was like, wow, we were so cr crushed for time. Alan didn't even get to do his spill, but they finally fit it in at the end. And that was a big discussion I had at the very end with the boys from Rubio. And, and Shaper there was didn't no, get it. They didn't even get a noticed there was, there was no time to, to teach. No, yeah, and Shaper didn't get a chance to. Shaper, it was really cool because Shaper, you know, they're like the senseis of Shaper. And anything mm -hmm. that any team needed, they're like, yeah, we can do that. It, Cameron's like, can you help us with the inlay? But yeah, we can do that. And it was awesome because they were able to see the capabilities, but they didn't really get a chance to say, hey, you know, if anybody's not aware, this is a Shaper. This is, you know, there wasn't an opportunity to do that. So I think that it was so intense for both teams. There wasn't a lot of opportunity for learning additional beyond what people were already familiar with. Everyone right. gravitated to what they were familiar with. That's what I think was yeah. kind of with the takeaway. But it was an awesome event and a lot was going on. And it's amazing how much time it takes to help. Like when someone's not familiar and they need a router and a roundover bit and they need a dust collection and they need the clamps and they need this and they need that. And you're helping and 40 minutes goes by and you're getting them up and going, you know, and yeah. that takes one person that long to do that. And you add how many people in the room, <laughs> like so, 16 people building. <laughs> Marianne knew on, on uh, all day Friday and Saturday, there's two words I didn't want to hear. Hey, Sedge. Sedge. Hey, Sedge. <laughs> hey, Sedge, I need a piece of uh, five-inch paper. I didn't it's right post, over there where you get it last time. I didn't post one thing, nothing. Like, I couldn't. It was that busy. There was there was nothing to even do a story or anything. I was just, Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie, for being that second set of eyes for me. Oh, no. I just, I felt like it. You uh, could have had a third a, set of eyes there if you would have let me come or invited me. Well, that might be a reflection item that it wouldn't hurt to have more 
I didn't invite anybody. Rubio did. Yeah, I remember Sedge didn't even know I was cameras coming. <laughs> I just I got to come I mean, he's a minor. We could have had we could have had the Green Suiters podcast there, not That's only right. entertaining people and changing their lives, but you know, being the safety police. And I agree with Jason. I do think looking back, I feel like it's always hectic that people are trying to get out of afternoon and there's people that left that I didn't even say bye to because people are trying to run out and if we had one more night to kind of like be together and talk about the project and then we may, that would be very that, nice. Exactly. That would yeah. be really cool. Cause the projects are done. Everybody can yeah. talk and say, ours is going to make more money. Right. Uh, yeah, maybe was... uh, we're looking at like uh first part of May uh, for the, fe- uh, the next one at festival. So maybe that's something we can do. Ronnie, you're invited. I don't know about chasing yet. I have to run that by the boss. <laughs> yeah. So said approval. He's, let me he'll, ask he'll this. travel reimbursement. <laughs> let yeah. Let me ask uh he'll stay at my house. We'll do Moontown again. <laughs> now that you that's not a bad idea. Now that you <laughs> now that you have seen uh it run with captains versus everybody just shows up and they find stuff. What do you think works better? Do you think that adding the captains and have like letting them do that add it? A ton of value. It uh, it was too much complication. I'm it, surprised it, it, to I, hear you say that. I figured that you would have said the opposite. It's no, 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 no. That was great having those two gentlemen as leaders. Right, right. I'm not saying, yeah. but the projects were too complicated. Everybody was so stressed out on them. Sorry, my opinion. Yeah. I think there's something about it, being there it, and not knowing and coming up with the idea right there on the fly. I think yeah, there's something. And it to evolved that. from what it originally was. We have all this lumber here. Good luck. You that's what, and that's and what Ru- you have Festool and Rubio, and we got a planer behind the curtain and a table saw behind a curtain. And, and that's if you what Cameron just, Evans. If you end up with just two coffee tables, you built something for a good cause. Right. And so, that's what and, Cam and Evans was. It was on the fly. They had no yeah. idea. And, and it, made it, it made it more fun to watch. Out of we all did three, not know what of they all three pieces. Out of all three pieces, that's my favorite because that there's that's my cup of style. Um, that's my cup of tea. So I I feel the same. I'm a little biased, but I feel like I want to see the results. I feel like as many people will be interested in the plans on that one as the other two. You know, it, it's buildable. It's realistic. Buildable, all you know, phenomenal pieces of furniture. Oh, all and so different, so different. Yep. What were you gonna say, Jason? Um, he's yelling. tired. Yeah. He's bored. Always, always <laughs> tired now. No, damn it. What was I going to say? What were you talking about? Having the having coaches. a uh, having a having a plan versus not having a plan, and and coming together. And I I think that's why I enjoyed watching Evans and Cam's oh, more. Yeah, I remember. I remember what I was going to say. So this has to go. This goes back with the time, right? Like we've made it very clear, Ronnie. You and I being two people that have done them and Sedge has been involved in all of them, right? Watching them um, and getting to see the progression through all of them and, and the timelines and all that stuff. I remember when we did ours and matter of fact, in our discord, uh, our patrons, I don't know if you guys remember reading that stuff, but there was a, I was actually kind of disappointed if I'm being completely honest when I first read the stuff, but then I kind of understood their point of view and that, but I just don't think they saw the other side of things. That's why I'm glad that we're talking about this, but to get that many people into a room it and on a on a Wednesday morning 
knowing that by noon on Thursday, you need to be complete with a project with finish on it and you're leaving to go back wherever. It's not as simple as saying like, oh, we've got these talented people in here and that's what they made. You know, it's like, well, what material do you have available? What tools do you have available? And then when you get all those people together, what do you think happens? They, they have conflicting opinions and conflicting views and that draws everything out. So it's not as simple, like, you know, people on the outside looking at it and look at a piece and they're like, that's so basic or that's, that's so easy. Why would you do that? It's like, well, there's a lot of reasons. And said you saying, if you only make two coffee tables, you only make two coffee tables at the end of the day. Like you don't, you only have so much time and it's, it's for a, a charity. <laughs> and it's a collaboration. Everyone has been different, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's what you have to work with. And it's, it, it seems, I don't know. It, I think this one for me and watching, it was a little more stressed to get that project, those projects done. Yeah, and, and it's interesting is it was stressed and what you cut out of it was the part where you all have the meeting in the beginning and everybody decides what you're going to make and how it's going to be and what's going to look like where you're sketching it. We cut that part out of it by having the pre-meetings, but it still was just as much stressful. It took just as much time, if not more, because it was more complicated. Um, and I think it's neat to watch on the fly when when people come up with a concept and somebody's like, hey, why don't we do, why don't we do crosses on this? Why don't we do this? And they figure it out right then and there. I think that kind of adds to the project versus too much planning. Yeah. Because too much planning adds to complexity, which well, adds to time. That's what that's I, what that that project was, where the other guys, you and I joked around about it, but um the the black sofa table, whatever it was, the mm-hmm. beautiful, but they were done. They came, they they could come in late. It was a lot more laid back. There was no plan. I there was a design, which was wonderful. I think mm-hmm. Mary's that was Mary's, Mary's design. Yeah. They didn't have all these pre-meetings. So was was it oversimplified? Not really. There was a lot of great joinery in there. It was just yeah, nice was to see them. But the other team, God man, they went. It was the it was to die for beautiful. It was like the I, I was wondering about the flags, but it was like really Wendell Castle looking, organic. It was intense. I mean, it, I, those guys were that was that was down to the freaking wire. Yeah. I mean they well they went two hours really over the target. Yeah, you know it's supposed and, to be and, by twelve, and they were it was like close to two when they were. And doing that's why we didn't have an opportunity to do any demos or you know demonstrations or anything for them. And I was like that that for me was the missing part. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, I really like stop. The... Yeah, yeah. And, and actually take a breather. Yeah, there wasn't. It was intense. I mean, I, I saw it. I mean, the first day after the first build, we went into the room and Cameron late and he went to he went to sleep like just straight to sleep. He doesn't do that normally. Usually he outlasts me. He's like, you know, machine. It wore him out, too. It was like it was too much. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a good event, but you know, I think the more things you are attend like that, the more probably the more critical we can be of it. Oh, you know, absolutely. I think, I think the people that attended, I feel like they 100%, I'm sure are worth their time. They loved, it was great. Amazing. And it was, it was, but I think it's always, um, it's good to reflect back and see what worked and what didn't. And I think that, it, it, to your point, Jason, yes, the quality could be higher with having the opportunity to use all the tools, but it also made it harder to manage 
because it was like craziness. Oh, you, for sure. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard two DeWalt planers and two router tables going at the same time? <laughs> it is so freaking loud. It's like and a, a grizzly two, going and that two was just, saw stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the two DeWalt planers together—that's interesting, right there in the center of the room. And they went for hours, hours. So it was, it was, it was interesting to see that you know go down. But it was uh it was a great experience for Cameron. It's the first time he's ever built in a shop other than ours. He's never been to another shop before. So I think he really enjoyed seeing another shop and seeing it's almost like somebody uh, who he's played. been in my shop. Thank you. Well, it's the first time he's ever built. Yours another is more shop. like a studio. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> no, Drew Witz is a studio. He even um, he even refers to it as his studio. <laughs> does he really? I, I, yeah. I think. I think though, I, I like you know somebody who maybe like plays basketball for example, and they only play on their own basketball court their entire life for till they're sixteen years old, and then all of a sudden they go somewhere like a a, a coliseum. They go somewhere that's like the the an NCAA you know court, and yeah. they learn they can shoot the the they learn they can shoot the ball in the basket there. That's what happened to Cameron. He was like, I know how to use this. I know how to use this. I knew he was so excited when he walked out there. He's like, Dad, I didn't realize how much I knew. He called me. He called me Uncle Sedge at night. Yeah. <laughs> he kept telling Sedge, he's like, Sedge, you want me to show you how to use that? Oh my God. I the person who busted my chops the most was Cam. He was son he of a you know what? He was even on Lucy because you know, Lucy, they've been to Lucy's a festival social media person, and yeah. she was on her phone. And I heard him look over, he goes, Lucy, he's like, You're not gonna get anywhere in the company being on your phone all the time. <laughs> She was she was videoing, you know, doing that thing. Yeah. It's like you're you're never gonna make him be on your phone all the time. She was like looking at him. I mean, he yeah. just knows how to give them all a hard time. It's funny. That's that's my <laughs> rock star at festival right now is Lucy. Was, oh, she was awesome. Yeah. She, she was awesome. She never fan. stops. Never. See, she's very she's, driven. If she yeah. wanted to, she could do like half the work and still be fine and not be let go, you know. But mm -hmm. she just she is so her bar is so high and not only was she getting all the video and getting all the cat and posting on the stories and doing mm -hmm. that she also was being a safety police she was like oh i don't like that i don't like what they're doing there it's like yeah. and she's not even a woodworker and she was picking up on things <laughs> no and she was calling out she is just a rock star she is the day on tuesday when we were setting up there she goes sedge give me something to do so I had her open up the bags of dominoes and she goes, this reminds me of school when my parents and I was helping them when I was a kid. She she really She's helped awesome. me. And she organized tools for me. And because uh, I, you know, sometimes I do it all myself and I just said, yeah, you want to help here? Do this. She goes, OK. And she did. She was always there, always asking if I needed help. So she was a She's, rock star. She's really good. Um, yeah. So at what she does. Um, I'm excited to to see how the next festival one evolves, but I wanted to, well, we still got a little bit of time, switch gears a little bit to another event that's coming up here pretty soon. The Hartville Tool Show. Yes. That's what I worked on all day at work. So, Sedge, you know, we had, we had discussed that you were going to bring it up with festival on whether or not I'd go on behalf of you guys or whatever, but I actually am not going to be able to go on Thursday. Oh, so, and there's a chance that me and the family might be coming out to it. Ooh. 
We haven't decided yet, um, but Nicole has a work event Thursday uh, evening. And so obviously I want her to be able to go to that work event. So I will be getting up really, really early on Friday morning and trying to make it there by like 10, 11-ish. If I leave at five. So it starts on Thursday? Nope. No. Setups on Thursday. We drive over on Thursday, set everything up. And um, it starts, we have to be uh, there at the show at as a vendor at 7.30, I think. It yeah. starts at 8 and goes to 7, 7.30 at night. Awesome. That's insane. So we're going to, Cameron and I are going to come on Thursday. Okay, you guys are all, going. Yes. And yeah, uh, we're going to go. Uh, we stay at the Comfort Suites there on the property. Comfort Suites. Yeah, it's right there at Hartville. It's right on the property, Comfort Suites, and it's a nice hotel. I know it's a, okay. some people say, oh, Comfort Suites. No, it's actually really cool. And what we do is we try to order a bunch of pizzas. Yeah, that's what and Patrick Some people chip in, some people don't, but I always buy <laughs> pies for the Festool crew. And then some will say, hey, I'll buy some too. And we, in the lobby, uh, that's where we meet because everybody's exhausted. Yeah. yeah and it's really, it's, it's really cool. It really worked out. Uh, Thursday night, we always try to go out across the street to a, or find somewhere locally. And that, that's always fun. Is and it? So I think it's, it's the Comfort Suites North Canton, right? I think so. It's the one right yeah. on the Hatville property. I'm going to be booking. Uh, I'm trying to get the right crew. I think I'm going to have there. I think I'm going to have Garrett, Travis, uh, Young Jamie. Uh, and Chris coming with me. Oh, Garrett is, that Chris, is, going? is yeah, that I'm Chris trying that's... to get Garrett. I told him about six months ago to pencil it in. I just have to go through the right process of going through uh, directors and uh, managers and VPs to get my crew there. But we're doing a stage presentation of Festool Live on Friday, and then I do the same stage presentation on Saturday. And Ronnie, have you ever been to Hatville? No, I haven't oh. been. Get ready. You and Cam yeah. have a good, good time. I think Craig Bronsky's coming with Tyler. Uh, I know uh, Patrick and Michelle are going to be there. I know mm-hmm. Patrick's already booked the comfort. He booked that about a month, two months ago. So I'm, I'm trying to do it right now, actually. So it's a lot of fun. And for us in the festival area, it is a lot of so my favorite point of last year. It is, is no uh, joke. It my, is no joke. I was exhausted. My favorite experience last year was Mister Bent. He goes, Satch. he comes up to me. He goes, I just sold a fourteen hundred and a guide stop and and a guide rail. And he goes, I think I'm high. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, I'm my- all excited. And I was like. I love wow, it. Wow, I have forgotten that feeling. It was I was so tickled the whole time just seeing his smile. He looked like a God, he met his first girl in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, uh, that, hi. that happened to me right before we left. There was um the festival experience thing was at Woodcraft in Lexington the Saturday right before we left. And Cameron and I went in there and I walked in as soon as is it Chris, the district um guy yeah the yeah sales chris guy. montgomery yeah chris was in there and i just walked in and he's like hey he's like i'm getting ready to give the cabinet the table saw demo do you want to do it? i know you have it and there's like i'd say like 10 guys that are 
60 plus 70, you know, we're, they're all looking with doubting eyes, you know, and then yeah. there's, there's a few younger ones in there and stuff. So I just go into it and just start. I was like, Oh yeah, well, this is, you know, kind of thing. And it was cool because you see some people are like, what, it can do that. What, what you mean? It, it's power. Yeah. It, it doesn't. And it was really cool to watch it. Well, this one guy, he's been in the cabinet business. He said since 1970 and he was like, I need to get a domino. Do you know anything about domino? And I was like, start telling him. He's like, I was like, well, you need to get dust. I don't want dust. Collect. I'm never going to use a dust collector. I just want to get a domino. And it, we went through this for like 20, 30 minutes. I was like, well, you, I just want to get an extra bit. I don't want to get the two bit size. I just want to get one bit with it. Cause if I break one, I want to have an extra one. And I was like, well, you should buy the kit and it comes with the extra one. He's, I, so by the time it was over with, he bought a dust collector, a domino XL, he bought the sustainer kit with the two bits. He bought all that, but he was just trying to buy the domino. It's, it, so it was fun. It was yeah. fun, but he, he was excited, but he was trying to act like he wasn't like he was excited. I was like, you'll use the dust collector all the time. He's like, no, I won't. I'm just going to use it with a domino. I'm like, you'll use it all the time. <laughs> and, and the other, the other thing too, is I love it because I've been doing that show for quite a few years and so many people come in and, and just, they just want to say hi. And just meeting up with everybody. Oh, and guess who else is going to be there? Oh, Gwen. Gwen. Gwen David West, Gwen. She reached out and said, we're going to be there. From West Virginia. Cool. Gwen. Oh, I can't wait. It's so much daggone fun. But it's a ton of work. And yeah, we usually go. I think it's across the street on Thursday night. We go to Grinders. And I mean, all the, all the guys are there. And it's just gals are there. It's fun. But it's exhausting. I'll be there for the for the pizza at the the thing. I don't know if I'll eat any of the pizza, but you know, I'll be there for it. We'll let yeah, you smell it. I'm probably, I'm trying. Not, to, I mean, <laughs> Daryl will be there for Robert Sorby and uh, um, all the guys from Jet. They're cool, Mike, and just all the cool people. Uh, it was really fun last year. Jason goes the two guys who you hear all the time on the internet sedge and jeff from woodpecker <laughs> you could hear him a mile away huh yeah <laughs> yeah it was really cool so he's such a nice guy he comes every year too yeah and awesome. um the other gentleman from woodpecker what's his name he was George? at uh patrick and michelle's oh um oh, jay matter Jay, I can't believe it. Jay, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I forgot. He doesn't listen. Does he listen off the cut? Oh, probably. No hey, one does. Uh, I heard they're dropping them for lack of listeners. Did you? Hear I that? actually heard he's a sedge yeah. level. Yeah. Sedge level. <laughs> um, you know what else hey. we have uh, coming up? What? Thanksgiving? Beers of the, beers of the boys. Oh, oh, yeah, on this, Friday. That's this, this Friday. Friday. Yeah. So I sent out the invite. Wow. Yeah. I wow. might I hate to I hate to say this, but I might be late. So Ronnie, you may have to to jump on. I may have an engagement with my wife that evening. Uh and I probably won't be back until like eight, nine ish. Okay. It's a very rare opportunity that we have. So I kind of don't wanna not take advantage of it. But um, either way, we'll we'll be fine. The only thing I'm concerned about, though, actually, no, I'm not concerned about it. My wife actually had a really good idea. You remember last time when I was in the hotel room? The uh, when I was, uh, I think I was down in uh, 
I was down in Austin, actually. Um, I didn't get on because you were signed in as me. Remember? And I was like, if I sign in, is it going to shut the entire meeting down? So what I'm going to do is Nicole's going to forward me her email. And when Uh, I get back, I would just join the link. Yes. Yes. That, that that's smart. Okay. Yeah, that's smart. I'll join as Nicole bent that night. There we go. No one cares what the name is on the bottom. They no, won't you judge can, you on your way home. You can join on your phone. I can, remember but ben, I'm logged in on my phone. You remember when, remember when Ben used to do it on the, even motorcycle? the podcast on his motorcycle? Yeah. No distractions. Yeah. <laughs> he would start it. I mean, and I, I mean, I realistically, I guess I could do that too, but I mean, we have a good plan, so there's no reason to do that, but he would do it. And like the first 45 minutes, just because he didn't want anybody to wait, we never thought about like trying to get somebody else to log on. He was sure enough, you know, riding his motorcycle, just put it on mute and you'd see like darkness in the screen for (laughs) 45 minutes. Yeah, but it's not, it's not for certain yet. I I may be there for the whole thing. So I'll probably just end up staying on a little bit later than you guys do to appease everybody. But well, that was good. I'm glad you guys had a good time. We're still, I'm I'm still tired. I am too. I thought about the last two days. It's almost like you're walking around with the weight behind you. You're dragging it around. You just kind of feel it. Oh, and you know, Cameron, don't forget we, we left. We got up that oh, morning at right. six. We left and flew to Vegas <laughs> from there. So we flew at 10 o'clock at night. We landed in Vegas at 11 and we took an Uber across the street and we walked around and checked out the formula race tracks they're building. Um, it, it's crazy. Bellagio fountains is like a grandstand with like box what? over the, over the water, what? over the water they they've built in front of treasure Island. There's, massive stadium seating and like they're putting in and this is for a three-day event it's unbelievable um we walked around and we looked at that and i hit a wall at three o'clock in the morning vegas time which is six in the morning our time but i was on austin time which was (laughs) four o'clock in the morning but at three o'clock i was i almost had a shaky feeling Cause I had been up for so long, yeah. you know, I've been up for almost 24 hours and Cameron was too. And it was like, you know, how it doesn't matter where you are. And there's like fun things to see what I was just tired. I was like, mm-hmm. let's, let's go back to the airport. So we walked from, we walked, we saw the new sphere. That was the biggest thing. How cool is that? Sphere. It's really cool. It's, it's just massive. I mean, when you land in Vegas, that's, that's all you see is that it's, it's as big as a casino. It's as big. Wow. It's huge. And so we landed and I saw it was next to the link where the, the Ferris wheel, the big. So I just told the Uber driver to take us there because Cameron's been there before. And I thought, let's first to see that we ended up walking from there all the way down to MGM grand and going in and out, going inside of different places. And it yeah. took us about four hours. We walked for four hours and that pretty much ended us where I was ready to go back. And when we went back to the airport, um, we weren't able to get through TSA because the TSA line didn't open until four 30. So we were waiting for TSA line to open up. That was the hardest hour to stay awake. We set our phone alarms just to make sure when we were sitting there that I wouldn't <laughs> just fall asleep. And 
so we we got through TSA line and I st- I was able to stay awake for all but I slept for an hour waiting for the plane. I was so paranoid I was going to oversleep. But when we got on the plane, I fell asleep probably seven times before the plane took off. Sweet. <laughs> I just kept dozing off. They would come on the intercom. I'd be like, oh, have we left yet? No, we haven't left yet. So I ended up getting about two hours on the plane. It's a three and a half hour flight. And then we landed in Cincinnati and yeah. it's like a 45 minute drive home. But um, we uh, I promised him sushi in Vegas and... A lot. We got there after midnight before we were eating. A lot of places are closed. The places you'd want to go, there was one sushi restaurant open, and we walked up and we saw the menu, and it was seven dollars each for the sushi. And and Cameron goes, Dad, I don't want. I wouldn't even be good. I don't even want to eat that. You know, because he usually eats like twenty pieces. I'd be like twenty times seven, hundred forty, hundred forty dollars for his. That would be just for his. So we we decided just to keep. We kept looking. Our night was spent walking, looking for where we were going to eat. And guess where we ended up? <laughs> like the worst place. One step better Chick-fil-A. than Buffalo Wild Wings. Like the worst place ever to eat in the entire world. Canes was open on the strip right next to MGM Grand. Canes? And at that point, Canes. Yeah. Yeah. Just awful. Like that's not what I was looking for. No. Nope. But it was three o'clock in the morning. It was one of the only places that we saw that we, because we went to a pizza place and it looked like greasy, like nasty, you know, mm-hmm. just. So we went to Cane's. I had three chicken fingers. I took one bite of one. And I was like, I'm too tired to even eat. And Cameron didn't eat off his either. So <laughs> looking back on it, I would have loved just to stay one more night yeah. and hung out with the group and not left, you know. But yeah. Cane's but has was, got too much crunch. Yeah, it was. And it was just too much for that late at night. I don't know. Yeah. I really, I was hungry, but there was nothing that sounded good. But yeah. that finished us off, came home, and we were up for almost 24 hours and came home. And I was, I crashed. For sure. I crashed, but it was, it was fun. And, um, Cameron did too. Oh, oh. And that, uh, I, I actually managed to stay up longer than he did. Cameron went to his room at four o'clock in the afternoon and he slept till 10 the next day. <laughs> Think about that. Four o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> till 10 the next day. I don't you think I've ever be... slept that long. No, I don't no, think I have I. either. That's, a, that's awesome. He woke up hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> oh my god yeah. he said i could have slept longer so it wore him out for sure that's 30 hours four six no 12 six i think 18 hours 18 yeah i think no 4 he's s- four to four. Oh no no i'm sorry yeah sorry. yeah, yeah, four, yeah, four, he, slept for like, yeah I was yeah he slept for like 18 hours wow <laughs> But that's like three or four four day marathon where he just, you know, nonstop. So yeah, Saturday night I slept twelve. Yeah, I mean it needed it, and you probably felt like you could sleep more. Yeah, and I just I still you can never really catch up. I hate it when people say I'm going to catch up on my sleep, but I'm just like dragging and dragging. So yeah, I'm ready. Oh, oh, one other thing we're gonna have to watch go down. The Uber driver was telling me in Vegas that this event, the one thing they haven't calculated on is the way they did the track. It's blocked off a lot of the employees that work there, their parking garages, and they don't know how the employees are going to get to the casinos to go to work. And they're not, they don't have it figured out yet. And they're trying to figure out how they're going to do this. (laughs) And she was like, nobody has answers right now. And we're this close away. How the hell can you have idiotic planning like that it it sounds like this thing is bringing so much money to the area 
the oh, planning yeah. has came after the fact. But she also told me that restaurants have been told and instructed to have like ex extravagant pricing, like thousand dollar a plate menu. And if they don't want to participate, they will black off their restaurant and make it where people cannot see the race from their from their restaurant. So it's almost like it's like kind of sounds like it's like a mafia ran thing from whoever the Formula One people are. But they're trying to make this a massive like money grab. And it's like I looked on Ticket Hub, a ticket stub, and there's two there's two tickets for ninety six thousand in the grandstand. Two tickets for ninety six thousand already right now. That's where and, uh, um, Jason was going afterwards, and Craig. Yeah, and, they went to uh, one in Austin. Austin. They went to the one in Austin that last weekend. Yeah, yeah, and so that's um, that'll be a, that'll be interesting to watch. But it will be cool to see it. I mean, the way they're doing it, it's going through the whole strip of Vegas. It's going to be and every like LED lights and in, in the um, the I forget what you call it, that that bridging that you see on like concerts. It's going up in the air where they have lights hung from them, so the whole racetrack appears like it's going to be able to be like lit up, like a like a stadium, like LED lighting, like colors, the whole thing. It's going to be cool. Nice. So it'll be cool. But what that's on November, I think the middle of November is when that race is. Wow. They, like November fifteenth. So they're working right now twenty four seven. There was crews there at three o'clock in the morning, Vegas time, that were working on flatbed trucks putting concrete barriers out bridging all kinds of things it'll be cool wow well boys <sighs> time for me to go time for me to go do the dad thing time to bid adieu uh thank you everybody for listening to episode 109 and if you thank like it go and leave a review yeah yes and thank you to Jonathan Katz Moses and KM Tools for donating the two $100 gift cards to lucky patrons because our giveaways are for patrons and patrons only. And if you want to become a patron, go to Green Suter or patreon.com forward slash Green Suiters podcast and sign up there and also get access to things like this Friday when we do Beers of the Boys. Oh, crap. Hold on. Hold on. I'm so sorry. I cannot believe I forgot this. We did have two new patrons. Why did I forget this in the beginning? Uh oh. Oh my goodness. Unbelievable. I'm a terrible human being. So, well, uh, yeah. I'll make sure to give them a shout out in the beginning of the next episode as well, in case they're not listening anymore. But if they're patrons, they probably are. We have Mr. Jacob Fuller. <gasps> Welcome, Jacob. Welcome. Welcome, Jacob. Welcome. And we have Mr. John Amick. John Amick. John, welcome. Thank Signed you. up for the whole year at the twenty dollars tier. So thank you so wow. much. Wow, awesome! That's I the guess last I'll... clamp. The yep. last clamp. We need to change the name. Yes. All right, but yes, I'm so sorry. I completely forgot about that. We just got off such amazing conversation. So again, welcome I'll... aboard, gentlemen. Remind yes. me to shout him out at the beginning of next episode, but I'll probably forget then too. But anyways, thanks everybody. Thanks. See ya. Later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.